Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. So, Mr. Davis, before we get started, want to let everyone know this is the beginning of our ninth year of Tech Gumbo. Yeah, that's crazy. This is season nine Tech Gumbo. We started this show in November of 2014, and here we are now starting our ninth year. I never in my wildest imagination could have imagined this show having gone this kind of a run. Yeah, and still going strong. And still going strong. So let's get on with it. Each week we do take a listener question when that listener went to our website and they they went to techgumbo.net, typed in a question for us, and we had a good question this week. The question was, should I upgrade to iOS 16? Yeah, so this was something that we talked about whenever iOS 16 first launched that we said, you know, maybe not quite yet. But Apple just put out 16.1. Normally, this is about the time that we start to look to recommend making that move, making an upgrade. You never want to be the first one to do the upgrade. Whenever they release, whether it's Windows 10 or Windows 11 or, or iOS 15 or iOS 16 or whatever the Android operating number is, when it's that first 16.000, no, you don't want to jump there because there's going to be way too many problems, a whole lot of bugs. But by the time they get to 16.1, 16.2, they've worked out a whole lot of that first five, six weeks worth of issues. Everybody else is going to go in and go run through and find all the places and send the bug reports. And, oh, this broke. Then the message goes back to Apple and they're... Their engineers go through and fix it and work it all out because it's not possible to test for all these things. A lot of it is that, you know, you have your own internals and you think you know how it's going to work. But whenever you dump 5 million or 10 million people on it at once, that's just a whole nother level of stress that you can't simulate internally. Because even your beta testers, there's just not enough of them to are going to really stress test 
all of the issues that so many people will will jump on when you go to a full release. And for the record, I have now upgraded to 16.1, relatively easy, 20-minute total download to, to install. And one of the things I've noticed first was the new lock screen. You can customize it. You can put widgets on the lock screen, and that's kind of cool. Nice. I'm enjoying my Pixel still, but it sounds like if you are an iOS user, 16, 16.1 is ready for you. By all means, go to the 16.1, do the upgrade. It's a good thing. So thank you to that listener who sent in that question. We will be sending out that Tech Gumbo mug. Love sending out that big, beautiful mug. If you want to see the mug, go to our website, big 20-ounce ceramic mug with a logo on both sides of it. It's a really cool thing. The big story of the week, the big story of the day, the big story, the one that you just can't get away from, you can't hide from, you can't crawl under a rock. Twitter is now owned by Elon Musk. Yeah, this was a day that I did not think was going to come, actually. I I thought that whenever it first started, I thought he was bluffing. Whenever uh, he tried to back out over the summer, I I thought that it it wouldn't go through. But for all of the the whistleblower and all the bots and, you know, the whole fiascos that we had, Musk is now in charge. And... It has been every bit the next popcorn fiasco that it was leading up to this point in time. So the day of the sale, there's pictures of videos of him carrying a kitchen sink into the San Francisco headquarters of Twitter because he was doing everything, including the kitchen sink. No, it's it's the joke is let that sink in. Oh, is that what he was going with that? Yeah, it's it's a on Twitter. There's a lot of like phrases that people use to end their tweets. And one of them is let that sink in. They'll they'll say something they think is like really profound and meaningful. And they're like, let that sink in. And so he's like, ha ha ha. I'm I'm going to bring a sink into the office. Let that sink in. And here he is. He's CEO, uh, chief executive officer, and CMO, chief meme officer. Congratulations, sir. Well, the first thing he did was he fired CEO Parag Agrawal and the CFO and a whole lot of other executives. And then it was reported that he was firing them all with cause so they weren't going to get their combined $20 million in bonuses to walk away. So that may or may not have happened. He is denying it. But look, he's already rocking the boat and far be it from me to give Elon Musk advice, but I would not go in and immediately start burning bridges. You know, I would wait at least 24 hours. But, you know, all this stuff, there's been a lot of reports about employees just getting laid off in droves. There was some media who went down to interview employees as they were walking out, having been fired on the day of with some of their stuff. The whole thing has just been a chaotic clown show. There was reports that he was requiring people to just print out reams of code that were going to be reviewed. But then everyone realized that you don't want employees printing reams of code. One, because you now have all of your your secret sauce, your IP on paper, which is much less secure. And two, you're just burning through reams of paper for no particular reason. And so they immediately ordered everyone to stop printing and start shredding all of that. 
And so it's been a mess, just purely chaotic. Elon Musk has come out and said, look, buying Twitter is not any kind of way to make money. He's not doing this for the fortune. He may wind up breaking even and making money long term on this, but he's taking a big hit right now to do this. So you got to wonder, Mr. Musk, the chief twit, what the hell are you thinking? Now that you're the dog that caught the, the, the car and you're holding on to the bumper. Now what? It was very easy to sit on the side and to throw barbs and to criticize. But the reason that Twitter has a lot of the problems that it has is not because the last people were idiots. It's because these problems are really hard to solve. They're fundamentally not engineering problems. They're social problems. They're political problems. Elon has been a fantastic CEO for Tesla and for Starlink and SpaceX. Because those are ultimately building hardware. You have a rocket. You have an electric battery. Those are things that exist in textbooks. That it's, we have equations which govern all of these things. And they're very logical and straightforward. And it's physical science. That is wildly different than what Twitter is and what problems he will face as Twitter CEO. So one of the things that he has done, he has brought a lot of people over from the Starlink, people from Tesla, and they're now helping to fix Twitter. And help me if I'm wrong here, when coding is just coding, right? So if you're coding for a rocket or if you're coding for a, a car, that's the same as just coding for a social media platform, right? No. And the the biggest thing is that, as we've said before, that coding is just a tool. These are all human problems that you're having to solve. That's the biggest difference here, is that Twitter is fundamentally a human problem. It's made up of users who are all capricious. They are fickle. They are emotional. And rockets are none of those things. A rocket will do exactly what you tell it to do. It'll go up. It'll come back down. And you can't deploy an artificial intelligence to go out and govern free speech. That's Free speech is just something that is a human idea. It needs human interaction, needs human intervention. And it's complex and messy and muddled. And it's it's not just, oh, well, if I have the right you know, code, suddenly all these things will go away. No, it, it's not. It's, just, it's a different class of problem altogether. So physics has these governing laws of physics that Sir Isaac Newton came up with, and that controls SpaceX. And Physics is involved with engineering and how they build these cars. There's no laws of social media. There's no 300-year, 500-year history of the mathematics that is built up to get where social media is because social media is very, very fluid, very emotion-driven, and it's very fickle. What's good today sucks tomorrow. Wow. Dropped $44 billion on something that could be gone in a year it's also not just dynamic in time it also changes in space here in the u.s what the people in new york and california want is very different than what the people of texas and florida want and then oh by the way Twitter exists in other places. We have our left-right axis here in the U.S. Well, the European Union has a whole different set of issues that don't quite map onto ours. Oh, and then, by the way, you have India 
And the entire population of North America plus the entire population of Europe does not equal the population of India alone. And so India also has its own set of issues and ideas and things that it wants. And so your job is now to go in and be a political mediator and to smooth talk all of these very different groups of people and if you're just going to be there memeing, they're not going to take you seriously and people are going to disengage. So one of the first things he came out and he said was, you know what? We need more people verified. There's too many bots. There's even a lot of these blue checks that are bots. So we're going to start charging everybody $20 a month to get verified. And that went nowhere fast. Oh, it, it, going nowhere would have been an improvement over what happened. The backlash from this from everyone was just absolutely not. So many people were saying, I got my check mark for free and you want me to pay 240 bucks per year to keep it? Absolutely not. Because one, what their argument was from Twitter is that they were going to make it part of Twitter blue. But two... If you are Musk and you are trying to fight this disinformation, misinformation problem, you want more people verified. You want your user base to be able to trust the sources that they see. If all of a sudden I'm a mid-level journalist who doesn't want to pay this 240 bucks a year or 20 bucks a month, and you say, it's not worth it to me, and you lose your check mark, well, now all of a sudden it's a lot harder for people to be sure that the tweet that they see is coming from the person who it says that it's coming from. And then if all of a sudden thriller novelist Stephen King sends you a tweet and says, hey, I'm not doing 20 bucks. Well, and then Elon Musk replies back, well, would you do eight? So he's doing negotiations over Twitter with a novelist. And hey, that's great. Good job, Mr. King. You you just saved everybody at least fourteen dollars a month. Can you can you work on that and get it down to get them get them down to two dollars and fifty cents a month? That's not a real good way to run your business is by taking suggestions over Twitter. Yeah, it it one makes me feel like there was no plan going into this. There was no sort of market research that that twenty dollars a month number had no research, had no logic behind it. He just kind of threw a dart at a board because, you know, if he would have also laid the whole, whole thought process out ahead of time, maybe it would have been more interesting. If they would have said, you know, had a nice press release where they released their line of thinking that said, you know what, we think that getting people verified is a big deal, but it does cost us something to verify people. So, you know, anybody can get a check mark, but... There's a $10 one-time fee for us to, to get, you know, do the paperwork for the labor, et cetera. 10 bucks, one-time fee to get verified. Get anybody can get a blue check mark. All right. That's kind of interesting. Maybe all of a sudden I would consider that for 10 bucks. Sure. Why not? But that's not what happened here. They just said anyone who wants it, anyone who has their check mark has to pay 20 bucks a month to keep it. And you're just making so many rake-stepping mistakes that it just pops up and hits you right in the face. But it was obvious the whole time what was going to happen. When your first move is to fire the existing CEO, then your second move was to get rid of the entire board of directors and 
now you're you're the board of directors you're the ceo you got rid of a lot of the people who were running the company day to day you may not have agreed with them you may not have liked what they were doing but at least they were in the trenches and then you've got to sit there and decide wow what what am i doing what can i do when you just threw 44 billion dollars at the wall and hoping that 44 billion dollar sticks you got to make some better decisions i mean he even put out a tweet wanting to know should i bring vine back yeah you know that's if your argument is that oh look what if we just made tiktok but it was owned by an american corporation on paper yeah sure that's a brilliant idea but there's a reason that no one else has done that yet facebook has been trying for two years now to recreate the secret sauce there but it turns out that tiktok's algorithms are just absolutely world class they are superior and if you think that you're just going to be able to snap your fingers and rebuild the best content serving algorithm that's ever existed i don't find that a sustainable path or a reasonable goal to achieve and and for the record twitter did buy vine in 2012 they shut it down in 2017 and so if all of a sudden he thinks he's going to bring in these physicists and engineers from tesla and starlink and have them come over and create Vine and get it viable where the people who were building Vine from 2012 to 2017 couldn't make it work. Oh, that's going to be a, that's a, that's a tough, tough ask. And if he were to say, okay, well, you know, you better understand how to monetize a social media platform today than we did five years ago. I buy that as an argument, but Tell me that you're going to go find those people. Tell me you're keeping a lot of the institutional knowledge, which knows how to make a social media platform. Musk has just been laying off people in droves. And so you're also going to burn a lot of goodwill amongst the community, which is capable of doing this. The number of software engineers which exist at this level that you need is not that many people. And they're all looking at this saying, you can't pay me enough to go be part of that clown show. And maybe he's thinking instead of getting rid of everybody, he moves them from Twitter over to Vine. And he that's how he's going to bring Vine back with, with those people. I don't know. I, I think a lot of people are going to sit there. They're going to sit back, take a few moments and, and decide, do I even really want to be on Twitter? Do I want my content on Twitter anymore? It really looks like he a lot is shaking up, and we're going to have to see where things land. But man, there are a lot of arrows pointing in the wrong direction right now. It makes me nervous. And, and I love Twitter. I, I've used Twitter since 2008. I think it's just phenomenal to, to get your information out quickly and in, in, in small little bites that you can you can do with it. But if this thing is going to go belly up, and just into the sewer that fast. Oh man! I, I and I hope I'm not saying that it will. I'm not predicting that it will. I'm hoping that it doesn't. But I, I will say there is some precedent for this. Back in 2007, there was a website called Dig, which was a wildly popular social media site 
which made a small number of changes designed to help monetization and the user base hated it and they fled to reddit almost overnight and dig evaporated and uh reddit exploded into what it is today you know there's it's possible we've seen it before i don't know man so like everybody else we'll sit here with our popcorn watching the movie because you just can't get away from it we want to thank general informatics for sponsoring our show general informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology based in baton rouge louisiana General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.